I always appreciate that song because uh, I love to tell the story is a wonderful reminder, not just as we think about missions and living missionally, uh, but it also serves as a great song when you're doing a lesson on the uh, on gossip. Um, it always let me try that again. Did that hit too close to home or you weren't paying attention? Okay. In, uh, on Sunday mornings and really on Sundays at Northside, we have been kind of focusing on this theme of the light of life. And that comes from John chapter 8 verse 12. In John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus said, uh, I am the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we've really been kind of focusing in on that and, uh, and we've been focusing in on these uh, mission efforts as we've been thinking about the different uh, ways in which uh, we can support not just missionaries around the world, but missionaries in our own city. And uh, how we can do that is by supporting these mission, these uh, ministries that we've been partnering with. Um, I'm going to need the guys in the sound booth to bring up my notes or this is going to be a real short sermon. Uh, <laughs> As we do that, um, as we think about the works that we've been doing, uh, we have been focusing on these four mission works each Sunday, and that's what we're going to kind of finish out today. Although we're not focusing on a ministry per se, we are focusing really on seeing ourselves as missionaries. So uh, the first thing we have to realize when we uh, do this is we share the light by sending it collectively. Now, if you've been a Northsider for any length of time, and I imagine even if you've been a guest, you understand that we have a great focus on mission efforts, on missionaries that we support. And we support uh, five different ones that you are probably familiar with. I probably don't even have to go through them with you, but I will uh, for those of you who are not, not paying attention. Uh, the first is World Christian Broadcasting, and their, their focus is getting the gospel message to all parts of the world, not through the Internet, not through anything uh, advanced, but just the simple power of the shortwave radio. And you might think, well, does that really, I mean, work? I mean, can't they be a little more advanced than that? But really, most of the world connects through shortwave radio. Everyone has that medium. And so they've got these massive antennas, and we support building those to, to transmit the gospel literally all over the world. The second is Alex and Aaron Flood, as they have planted, and I mean planted, a church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this has been very much a start from scratch with really nothing there. There's another congregation close by that they've been encouraging and supporting. But every member of that congregation, the Fallon, Lake Fallon congregation, has been people that Alex has recruited, discipled, studied with, baptized personally. And the cool thing is that many years into that, now we're seeing uh, Alex came up to speak at Wichita Work Camp, and so he had to be away. And so while he was away, uh, those young Christians that he has been responsible for bringing to Christ uh, actually carried the, the worship service there in his home, which is such a cool thing to think about. So Alex and Aaron do a great work, and uh, that's we certainly support that. Jonathan Hannigan is a missionary to Buenos Aires, Argentina. And, uh, boy, if you just even hear a, a, a tenth of what Jonathan does, it's overwhelming. He is a great uh, worker in, in the Lord, does a lot of hospitality, has a lot of people, and he's building disciples and making disciples as he goes along. 
And, of course, one of the biggest problems now is that they have a lot of repairs to do on their uh, little building that they're doing, about $14,000 worth, uh, which isn't a great sum in terms of when you think of it from our perspective, but to them, that's, you know, might as well be asking for $14 million. Uh, so it's, there's, it's not a pro- it's just a problem of they, they've got so many disciples meeting and trying to keep meeting in Jonathan's little uh, place there isn't going to work. And so, uh, they have an ongoing need. Jonathan's doing a great work. In fact, I had somebody email me one time, not connected with Northside, but he went to visit Jonathan as part of a different effort, found out that we were one of the supporting congregations, and he said, man, I, you know, whatever, you, whatever mission efforts you support, keep supporting Jonathan because he is really one of the best missionaries I've ever seen, and I see a lot of them. So I thought that was impressionable. Uh, the fourth one is Robin and Chrissy Vick, who work, who have planted a church in Falkirk, Scotland, and uh, have been doing great work there. And occasionally they'll come back and see us, and it's just always encouraging to hear of all the good work they're doing. The fifth one is uh, the Latin American Bible Institute, and the uh, acronym for that in Spanish is ELEB, uh, and that is headed by Roberto Zapeta and his wife Betty is. Uh, also on the team there, and they've got a, a staff, and they train preachers and teachers to go out and lead and preach in churches all over Latin America. And so part of the good work, I, I could tell you about that, but Craig Greenwood and his wife Becky recently returned from a, a trip there, and so I thought this would be a good opportunity to let him share personally uh, a little bit about the good work going on at Elib and the Toluca Church of Christ. So Craig, come on up. Good morning. I bring hearty greetings from all of the Christians in Toluca, Mexico. Becky and I were blessed to represent Northside, and the reason why that happened is Roberto made the the big request early this year because they had two large events coming up uh, this year that they were very excited about. One was on, on Saturday, July 1st, would be the 17th annual Graduation for Elam, the Bible Institute. The second one, the day after that, would be the 25th anniversary of the congregation there in Toluca. Obviously a big day for them. We remember recently our 75th celebration. They were coming up on their 25th. And so he wanted somebody from Northside to be there to experience this. And uh, because of the partnership that we've had for so many years that they greatly value. So Roberto and Betty are the ones that have uh, directed this for many years. Um, there's a team that works with them, and you may remember back in February, uh, because last December they got snowed out and froze out because we didn't have electricity here that Sunday morning. Roberto and his team had to go back home without getting to be with all of us on Sunday morning. We were able to meet together later that day with the elders and the mission team, which I've been a part of for a year and a half. The um, part that I have is to be the liaison to ELEB, so I get to talk to Roberto every month. By Skype, and that's not because I speak Spanish. That's because we have a talented member here, Whitney Pratt. Whitney, raise your hand, if you would. She is very blessed with uh, the Spanish that she can speak, and she is the interpreter. And so a number of Saturday mornings, she has spent an hour uh, interpreting as Roberto and I talk back and forth. The host that we had uh, when we got down there, and just to remind you where Toluca is, Mexico City is down deep in the heart of Mexico. And to the west of it, into the mountains at about 9,000 feet, uh, like going up into the Colorado Rockies, is Toluca. It's not as big as Mexico City, 30 million people, but it's still 1.6 million in the metro area. 
It has a lot of uh, manufacturing there. They definitely have a middle class. Uh, one of the reasons that the gentleman uh, selected it uh, all those years ago. Our hosts were Sergio and Claudia and their two daughters, Daniela and Bally, they call her, the young one. Uh, Daniela is 16, is very talented uh, also in speaking English, and she was our interpreter on and off through the week. It was very helpful. And then uh, these three men are the reason why we had something to go and see in Toluca. This is John and Jody and Barry from left to right. Uh, John Dias, Jody Jones, and Barry Galinto, if I say that right. And they were part of five guys that went down and started from scratch, just like Toby just mentioned with Alex, nothing in Toluca. They started from scratch 25 years ago, didn't really know what they were doing. They finished up at sunset. They had to have a plan. They went to raise money with that plan, and they said by the second or third day, the plan was out the window. Um, and they just free-willed it from there, but they were committed, they were dedicated, and it was such a blessing to be there with them. And that weekend was much more meaningful to those folks there in Toluca because these men who poured their heart and soul into that work for 10 years with their families were there to celebrate with them. And I'm going to share more about that on Wednesday night. Sonny Banning has asked for me to take the Wednesday night class in here where I'll have more time to share more amazing stories about what's going on in Toluca. So I hope you'll take the opportunity to be here Wednesday night to hear more about that, have a chance to ask some questions. The reason I want to show the building is I've learned from talking to some of you individually that there's a little confusion, perhaps. This is where the church meets in Toluca. That's their building. But it is shared with Eleb. Eleb and the church, the congregation, are two separate entities. Northside supports Eleb. We're not the primary support. We're secondary support. We send them uh, $1,400 a month. And to give you an idea, that gives you uh, a student, if you were fully supporting a student, uh, for all that they would need, $600 a month. A teacher would be about a thousand a month. And Roberto's big on having his students share their big dreams. And so I asked Roberto what his big dream is. And he's somewhere in the range of 60 years old, I think, maybe early 60s. He's thinking about long term of how this is going. And he would, he would love to think that someday he could hire a director to take his place, make that transition, and he would be available to go visit the 15 other satellites off of Eleb that they have started in Mexico and in countries outside of Mexico, all Spanish-speaking. This was the Sunday celebration that we were there for, the 25th anniversary on July the 2nd. Uh, they estimate in the whole event, from the services to the afternoon um, luncheon and just fellowship of a wonderful time together, there was 550 to 600 people. They average attendance on Sunday mornings at around 300 right now. But this congregation has started three other congregations over the years. So there's a lot more that's happened there than this. It just gives you an idea of what that day was like. It was incredible. The graduation happened the day before on Saturday. They make it a very formal event. This is all the graduates in white with all the faculty and also the first and second year students that were available to be there. This is the nine graduates. I'll tell more about some of them in just a minute. The one that I want to share about a little bit this morning is... Frederico. So I'm going to share two stories. I've got four or five other stories I'll share on Wednesday night that are just amazing. But I thought it would help this morning to give you an idea of what's been going on and what's been replicated for 17 years in Toluca with what Eleb is doing as a Bible Institute. They teach and train men and women to be very prepared to go teach and preach 
and work in congregation. So it might be a woman doing what uh, or a man doing what Sonny and Norma do here for our class classwork to be prepared and to bring the teachers together. It could be preaching. It could be one on one teaching uh, any and all of the above that goes on in any congregation. This is Frederico. We're in a village about 40 minutes from Toluca, farther up into the mountains. And this village sets between two really steep slopes. And we're on the upper slope of the far side, looking back on the village above our heads, which is where most of the village is. That's where his wife is from. That's why he chose this place. They went there seven years ago. He graduated. The first baptism in a natural spring pool they have down by the town was an older woman was baptized. Today they have in the range of 60 plus for services. And three years ago they were able to negotiate and buy a piece of property. It's on a very steep slope. It took them about a year to clear it, another year to get the foundation good enough, deep enough built so it doesn't slide down the mountain. And then their building, we're standing on the first floor where the classrooms will be. And then the second floor will be the, the, the worship area overlooking the village. I'm guessing it's maybe a village of a couple of thousand people. But they have 60 members and they're growing. His wife works teaching the women. His daughter works teaching the little kids. His son works with the youth. And that's a congregation that didn't exist seven years ago. That's Frederico. He has a lot of energy and a lot of passion. He drives to Toluca and teaches part-time during the, the, the school year. For the first-year students, he teaches some of their courses. So he's a part-time on the faculty of Elib. Oh, one more thing about this. You can tell, this is the last day we were there. You can tell I've been very well fed that week. As a, <laughs> a little pomp showing there. But uh, that was July 4th. That was a subtle way for me to celebrate our Independence Day because I'm staying with Sergio and his favorite team in Mexico. That's their primary jersey. It's red, white, and blue. And uh, I thought, well, I can buy his jersey and have it as a memento, and I can wear it on July 4th. And two of, two of the people there figured that out on me. It didn't take them very long. I thought that was neat. I'm showing this picture because the next one I'm going to talk about is um, Pablo. Pablo is in red. And I wanted to show this picture. I got to interview these five graduates that were available on Thursday before the graduation. Roberto took us in a room. He said, you have an hour. He said, Craig, interview them. He said, I'm going to have them share their story. I'm going to have them share their hopes and dreams. He said, you can ask them any question you want. And then Roberto left. And I had him for an hour. And it was inspiring. The hour after that, I had the first and second year students and three of the faculty. And I got to hear their hopes and dreams and hear their stories and got to ask them any questions I wanted. And it was just as inspirational. I'll share some of those on Wednesday night. Pablo in red. Pablo graduated from high school, went to Toluca University, which sits up on a hill, overlooks the city of Toluca. It's a pretty setting. He went on scholarship to play football, not soccer, American football. He went on scholarship to do that. His first year, he got caught up with the wrong people into the wrong activities and his grades slid. He lost his scholarship. He got kicked off the football team, which he really enjoyed. And he ends up at home and he's depressed, wondering, what do I do next? The part of the story you don't know yet is he was actually blessed. He lives about an hour north of Toluca, where the church is. He had been a part of the Toluca church while he was in high school. He was involved with the youth. Uh, Adam and Jocelyn, Roberto's daughter and son-in-law, were working with the youth for a couple of those years when he was in high school. And he'd been baptized. And Adam told me, because they were there to help them celebrate the 25th anniversary, that he had high hopes for this quiet, reserved kid that was baptized. He just thought he would blossom and just take off. And he didn't. And so he 
just wondered where, where that would go for Pablo. And then I've shared the college, first year of college with you. So he's sitting at home trying to figure out what to do. But because he had been connected to the congregation in Toluca, he remembered the example of Adam and Jocelyn of how to live life each day as they were working with the youth. And then he remembered that they had this thing called Eleb. And he went to check it out because he decided for the first time in his life, he was really excited about wanting to learn more about the Bible. So he enrolled in the institute. His dad said, because of what you did with college, I will not support you. But he could stay at home and he'd have to ride the bus an hour each way every day. And he started doing that. A week and a half in, they saw the uh, commitment of him. And Roberto called him in and he said, we have enough to sponsor you for your bus ride here and back each day. We will do that much. He kept on showing his dedication and commitment. Before the end of the year, he had earned a scholarship. And so he said that was such a blessing for him. And thank you. Could never say enough for what that did for him. And now he's graduated. He's the ripe old age of 21. And he's going to do a work in uh, Quapatro, I think it is. Or Arapato. I can't remember. Too many words running through my head. It's about four hours drive north from Toluca. And he will be there. Uh, working with a group, a, a former Eleb student that graduated just a few years ago, has about 30 members of a congregation that he started, and he's offered him to stay with him and feed him some food. There is no other support at this point for him, but he's willing to go and he's excited to go because they have seven youth there and he's going to work with the youth. Two of them speak English, or I'm sorry, two of them uh, can read and write, the other five cannot read and write. So he has a plan working through what they call Pink House, in Mexico City, which ties back to sunset, he's got access to solar-powered, for lack of a better term, Walkman that can be used any time, day or night, and they can be able to listen to the Word of God and be learning the good news while they're being taught how to read and write. And that's his plan, and that's what he's going to go tackle. That's Pablo. Uh, he's he's uh, still quite reserved in some ways, but he's an infectious young man, and I want to share that story because... He's going to work with a student that graduated a few years ago. Frederico graduated seven years ago. It's what they keep doing. They just keep replicating this. And so, having said all of those things, I would say that uh, to some of us, that might seem kind of strange. And the neat thing about being part of God's family is there's always awesome stories all around. We have some incredible stories right here at Northside, don't we? In 17 years, they've graduated 182 graduates now from Eleb in Toluca. 86 are still active in preaching, active in a congregation, actively doing what they were trained and taught to do. 70 new congregations exist that didn't exist 17 years ago. That's the fruits of the work, the way that God has blessed the work and effort of these men and women. It was encouraging to be there. It was awe-inspiring. It was humbling. And the dedication and the way that they're replicating what they do goes back to those three men, John, Jody, and and, uh, Barry, in the way that they instilled that each one teaches one and you just keep going. Each one teaches one and you just keep going. And they help each other to teach and train each other. And that's, that's the way they do it. The last thing I'll mention is this is Raul and his wife, Kim. Kim is an American. She went down on the AIM program. Um, about AIM, our hosts, uh, Sergio and Claudia, they, uh, their, their daughter, that's 16 now, a year from now, her and her best friend 
will be going into the AIM program as well. So the AIM program continues to affect a lot of folks in a lot of places, including right here at Northside. His story is incredible. I'm going to share it on Wednesday night. Raul was one of the very first converts 25 years ago. He's from a wealthy family. He chose a different path that his dad was not very pleased about. He has probably converted more than anybody else since the beginning of that work with John, Jody, and Barry. And he is the assistant director of ELIB under Roberto. So they continue to work together. Roberto was also one of the other earliest converts of the work 25 years ago. With that, I give this back to Toby. My app didn't work. It didn't go to red. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. And that was a, a verse that I heard a brother, and I think he meant well one, one time, but he said, I think that was just meant for the 12, not for us. And I sincerely and heartily disagree with that. I do believe it was meant for them, but I also think it was meant for us to not forget that the church needs always to be a people on mission. That's why we call it the Great Commission. Now, there's two parts to that. And the first part we've already shared, how we send the light collectively. You could say, I'm a member at Northside. We support missions but there's a there's a slight difference between being a church that supports missions and being a church on mission, being of a missional mindset. In other words, the way to think about that is not only do we support these five mission efforts, these seven missionaries, but we also understand that there are 700 plus Northsiders who are commissioned to be on mission both here, around the world, as Adam will go in on the 12th, uh, we see ourselves as a people on mission wherever we are. Uh, Robin did such a great work when he was here, Robin Vick. He explained that this passage means as you go, baptize and teach and make disciples. And so that's our goal is to be not just involved in supporting missions, but to be missional. That leads us to our second point, that we must share the light by sharing it personally. I want you to think for just a second about all the people in your life. Now, I'm not talking about your family, okay? Well, I mean, they, you can be included with that. But I want you to think about your neighbors who live right next to you. I want you to think about the, the mail person that delivers your mail every day. I want you to think about that cashier that you see that you tend to go through her line because she's very polite and and uh, and you think that was your choice to go through that line and that, that that was your choice as a part of that. I want you to think about the teacher who will teach your student every day here in just a couple of weeks. I want you to think about all those people that are in your life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why are they in your life? And why did God place you in their life? You see, the longer I become a Christian, the, the less I believe in coincidence. I believe every single person is in your life for a, a reason. And when we begin to think missionally as individuals, we begin to understand that our goal is for, I like how Craig said, each one teach one. I like the idea of having each one reach one. 
That doesn't mean, by the way, that you have to be the most outgoing, uh, extroverted uh, person in the world. That means I need you, God needs you to think about the people that he's put in your life and ask yourself the question, what kind of steward have I been of the souls that God has crossed in my path? Have I made any effort to share the gospel and the story with them? You think, I can never do that. Well, the good news is we've got a lot of Northsiders who are great at that. If you wonder how to do that, maybe you would talk to Brianne Banning. Brianne Banning uh, has been in a conversation, an ongoing conversation with a coworker. That coworker and her have had several conversations about faith and coming to Christ, and she was baptized not too long ago. And Brianne continues to walk with that coworker each and every day. You see, she sees herself as a person on mission. That that coworker wasn't just a coworker, but that God had put her in her life for a reason. I want you to ask Rob Dops. Rob Dops doesn't just see the people who come into his practice as patients, but as souls. Every single man or woman who enters his practice, he sees as God brought this person to me. How can I help share Christ with them and help them to know Christ better and to mature in their walk? That's a wonderful thing. Ask Tricia Weber. Tricia is a, is a talented artist. And she decided she was going to use her talent to develop this drawing on faith class. And they've got a Facebook group and the whole bit. And so you see all of these really cool um, drawings that people actually, they're just drawing in their Bibles. Isn't that cool? She made that into a ministry, doodling in your Bible. And she has led people to Christ, some even family members, through that ministry. Because Tricia doesn't just see her as see herself as an artist, but rather as an artist on mission. I was really encouraged when I saw Amy Dots ask on Facebook. She said, I'm very interested in starting up a coffee shop Bible study. And um, I wonder who might be interested in doing that. That's wonderful. You see, see Amy sees herself not as a, a, a Mary Kay phenom, but as a woman on mission. You need to see yourself as mission on mission as well. We each have received the grace of Jesus Christ through his blood and through his glory. My question is, have you been stingy with that grace? Have you said, you know, I just want this grace for me. I just want to be forgiven of my sins. Or do you say, man, I've surely been blessed. His grace and mercy overflows abundantly in my life. How can I help share that with some other Soul. First Peter chapter three, verse 15 is It's a tricky verse, but if we think about it correctly, uh, we can understand how we can be on mission. Peter says this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer that that gives people a little bit of trick. Like, you know, I, I probably need to go to sunset or I probably need to go get my degree. I need to be better trained. I need to have all the answers. Uh, I need to, to be able to answer every single question. But that's not exactly what he says. He says, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you what? To give the reason for the hope that you have. You see, you don't have to know the answer to every question. You just have to know the answer to one question. And that is, why do you have the hope that you have in Jesus Christ? 
If you know the answer for that, and by the way, you should, because that answer is what led you to join him in the waters of baptism and begin that walk. When you decided that Jesus Christ was the only way into heaven, when you believed and trusted him as the Savior, when you confessed that beautiful name in front of a few witnesses or a few hundred witnesses, you were believing in the hope that only he provides. And all Peter's saying is always be ready. Always be prepared to give that answer, to tell people the reason for the hope that you have. A very pointed question. In your mind, ask yourself this question. When was the last time you intentionally shared the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone? When was the last time you shared the reason for the hope that you have? I don't... Share that question to guilt you, only to make you think we will never be about the business of sharing the good news if we are not intentional about it. You have to be willing to say, Lord, lead me to a soul this week. Just one. Just lead me to a soul. Help me into a conversation to be able to share the reason for the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. And that leads us to our third point. we got to live it missionally. Every week you see lots of those same people. Ask yourself the question, why do I see those same people? I want to make a confession to you. Uh, Leverings are getting ready to move uh, close. No need to worry. I know some of you are disappointed. Uh, uh, We're moving very close by. As we're leaving, you know, we've got the sign in the yard and all of that. And, you know, our neighbors right next to us that I've lived next to for seven years, and it occurred to me as I'm, as I'm making preparations to leave that I haven't been a great steward with my neighbors. Oh, we've chatted. We, we've talked about different home projects and, and different homeowner things and, and different things about the neighborhood. But I haven't made the opportunity, or maybe more rightly said, I haven't taken the opportunities that God has presented to share the reason for the hope that I have. And my prayer is that with my neighbors in our new house, that I'll be better at doing that. I want to be more intentional about being on mission wherever I go and whatever I do. And we're all saying the same thing. Yes, but how? How do we do that? I'm not a great artist like Tricia. I'm I'm not as evangelistic like Rob. How do I do that? All right, let's finish up with here. Number one. The first thing I want you to do is to write their name down. I want you to think of one person. I want you to think of a whole list of people, but just one person that's been on your heart. That's been on your heart, and, and God's saying, like, there's a reason they are in your life. There's a reason I have them there. And what I want to do right now is to pray over these people. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven. If everybody's engaged this morning, then there's probably about 700 souls that we are thinking about right now. And and God, for those those blank spots that, that, that aren't engaged, forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for not being on mission. But for those names that we've written down, we want to lift them up to you. And we know that they're in our lives because you've placed them there. 
I want to pray that you'll give us an opportunity this week to share the reason for the hope that we have in Christ. May we, Father, not just see ourselves as a church supporting missions, but a church that thinks missionally. Each and every one of us seeing ourselves as a missionary wherever we are. And Father, we know we're not called to to make the seed grow, but only to plant it. That it is you that gives the growth. Father, won't you guide us by your spirit? Empower us and remind us of the promises from your word. And help lead these souls to Christ. And if we can have a part in that, we would love to have the opportunity. Father, we we ask your forgiveness for the times when we've let those opportunities pass. But we pray for courage to take hold of the opportunities to come. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to ask you to keep praying over these people, over these individuals. First, I want you to be able to share your story. Um, that's such a, a cool part, is that every single person has a story. This is why I love Celebrate Recovery, by the way. If, if you don't know how to share your story, I want to just invite you to come on Thursday night and hear a story being shared. And it starts with this. My name is so-and-so, and I'm a firm believer in Jesus Christ, and I've been delivered from, and then whatever they've been delivered from. And, and if you go to that again and again and again, maybe two, three, four, five times, you can learn how to share your story. Everyone's got a story. You just have to think about how to share it. You know, if you want to um, really tell somebody some good news, you just have to share all the good things that have come in your life. And I think if you think about your story, you can do that certainly and easily with Christ. Secondly, you have to be able to walk with someone. And uh, this is a little CR plug here, too. I mean, this is a great opportunity. There are people who need to be walked with. But, but even outside of CR, the people in your life, have you ever said to the, the lady in the cashier line, you know, you, you say, man, I'm doing great this week. We've had a, just, it's, I've been growing in my relationship with the Lord. It's been such a blessing. And uh, we're having a gathering, our, our small group, our adult Bible class. Um, you know, would you like to come to that? Or, or maybe just seeking opportunities to say, well, I'd certainly like to join with you in prayer over that. My, uh, we have a bug exterminator, the, the Orkin man, so to speak. He comes every quarter. And about the time we're due for service, he'll send me a text. Hey, Toby, what day can I come over? And one day I said, hey, would this day work? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, that day's not going to work. My dad's having a lot of health problems, and he's in the hospital right now. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for me to say, well, well, can I pray for him? And can I put him on the prayer list at our church? I'd love to do that. And maybe if the boundaries are, are open enough to it, you could say, would it be okay if I went to visit him in the hospital? Justin Abraham's probably already been there, so... <laughs> That's walking with people. That's doing a good thing. Remember when Jesus called the disciples and John? What did he say? Come and see. Come and see. And that leads to our third point. Ask them in. Ask them. Invite them over, whether it be to a barbecue or to a a party or to a social event. Or just say, hey, let's keep connecting. Maybe we could go grab some coffee sometime. or, Or maybe we could meet up at the gym or... Uh, maybe we could go to dinner at Chick-fil-A. Um, whatever 
normal ways of walking are in your life, invite them to walk with you to come and see. And then always, always take them to Christ. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I believe firmly, in whenever the opportunity presents itself to say, hey, there's, can, I, can I read with you a scripture that has impacted my life? What you're doing when you're reading from the Word is you're taking them to the author. May we do that and see every possibility. One final challenge. I want you to think about something that impacted me on Friday at Terry Davis's memorial. This scripture from Jesus. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're a normal human being, you probably... Check the balance of your 401k or your Roth IRA every now and again. You reconcile your accounts. You make sure that everything's as it should be. You make sure you have enough treasure for your time on earth. But Jesus is very clear. You're not taking any of that treasure with you. There's only one treasure you get to take with you, and that's people. Only one treasure. Jesus says that's worth more than the entire world. Just one human soul is worth more than the entire world. I want to encourage you. Uh, Carrie Davis was a treasure hunter. He would go around with his metal detector. And at the memorial service, they had all these little things that he'd found. I was talking to Shanda about all those rings and, and coins and different things.